see, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. <laughs> They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With me this month on Throwback Madness Survivor Series 2002, Ek to Fly, Eric Trembicki. Bang, bang. <laughs> Mr. Prep. I almost said Prep to Fly. <laughs> <laughs> that was me at Ring of Honor. <laughs> Preptagon Jr. What's up? And Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. So, Survivor Series 2002, Eck, this was your pick for November. Indeed it was. Any underlying reasons for why you chose this one? I'm pretty confident I said this uh, last week on the weekly episode, but this is just, I got so many fond memories of this show. Um, when I took a seven-year hiatus from watching WWE... I, I had a stack of maybe a dozen DVDs, uh, majority of them being pay-per-views, a few uh, specials, but Survivor Series 02 was one that I think twice over a six to seven year period, I set, I popped that thing in a PlayStation or a DVD player, and I was like, you, you can enjoy it, top to bottom. Um, there's so much special stuff that happens on this, and getting to rewatch it, it's one of those things, you know, a lot of those moments came back, and there's a lot of childhood feelings I yeah. hold for this show that, you know, they still resonate today. So, good reason to pick the show. I believe it was a very good selection. I know Alo agreed. Uh, before we get to our ratings, just want to mention Falls Count Anywhere, The Perfect Edge, with? Unsanctioned. Who's that show with? <clears throat> Which one? The Perfect, Perfect Edge, Edge, yes. Don Blackman. <laughs> Don Blackman, the newest nickname. No, the, new, the newest... The lethal weapon, Don Blackman. The newest nickname, Donnie Delaware. Donnie Delaware. <laughs> he will love that. <laughs> I can, that's merch. We got to make sure he listens to this, because you know he doesn't listen to the show Let's or watch, watch any shows. Show. <laughs> yeah, Donnie Delaware, I like it. Um, yeah, so much he's my best friend, so mm-hmm. where are you from? Yeah, why not? You love Delaware? Be Donnie Delaware. I like it. I like the alliteration, the, the double Ds. I like it. <laughs> um, well, I love double Ds. <laughs> so, if you like the show, if you if listen you like to the show, D's. yes, five-star ratings and reviews on iTunes helps get us to more listeners. Honestly, even if you don't like the show, you like double Ds, give us a good rating. Yes, please. Yeah. Hey, look, can you bring back the five-star, five-star, five-star? <laughs> At the end of the show. <laughs> so... Alo, would you like to refresh our listeners' memories on our rating system? Yes, it was a horrible show. It's a job for full some minutes. It's a slobber knockers. Fantastic show. It's a showstopper. So, X, since it's your pick, you want to go first? This is indeed a showstopper. <laughs> no doubt about it. I, I will be slightly amused if I don't get one more showstopper, but, again, I hold this in, you know, very high, uh, high regards. Mm-hmm. It, you know, um... Not to spoil any results or anything for the matches, but uh, the main event being the first ever Elimination Chamber, I know you uh, personally like to think of the first Hell in the Cell match mm-hmm. as uh, the greatest match of all mm-hmm. time, in your opinion. Not saying this is that, 
but this is the first elimination chamber and without a doubt the best one there ever was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And there's something to be said for being the first match of its kind mm -hmm. and the level of talent that was involved in that match. Like, legendary guys. And I remember, you know, as a youngin just watching this and the mystery of what the match would actually mm -hmm. be and what would actually happen. Showstopper. Yeah. Prep? I'm just going to give it a slobber knocker. <laughs> it was fairly enjoyable. I didn't fall asleep at any point, so <laughs> no, it was a good show. No snoozers. I got to see my baby girl Victoria. <laughs> the very true. Always good to see that. You can see yeah. her. You can see that in nefarious means. <laughs> yes, you can. Halo. <laughs> um, my best friend speaks for me. I'm giving a showstopper as well. Um, like Eric, I, I've stated that I I used to collect the DVDs from for for like a two to three year time period. Yeah. I had every pay per view on DVD. Mm -hmm. This is one of the ones I use I watched the most because I love this show. Heavy rotation. Yeah, heavy okay. heavy rotation. Very yeah, in the Lloyd the, household. Yes. All the time. <laughs> and the moments were there, the matches were there. Like I I've said it the best five minute match I've ever seen in my life <laughs> is on this show. In the iconic Six moment minutes, of Shawn Michaels the iconic moment with Shawn Michaels. And oh, um I don't, nobody even mentioned it but this is kind of somewhat prepped anniversary because he joined us for last year's throwback in, in November for Survivor wow. Series. Oh wow! Good call. He back. sat in on that on that episode, so it kind of everything. Happy anniversary! <laughs> Thanks, guys. Great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna give it a showstopper because like I hold this show in high regard. So I would give it a showstopper if not for one detail of this show. Chris Benoit. No. Because um, I, I, I kind of ignore that. If Eric Bischoff wasn't a part of this show, <laughs> it would get a showstopper. What a promo in the cage. What yeah. are you talking about? Eh, I thought it sucked. <laughs> come on. He, he's one of those. Ron, you know, I, I love Ron to death. I, mean, I, I have come to terms. <laughs> there are certain, I want to say a handful of people, but it's not just a handful of people. I almost pride myself on how strongly I hold grudges and how much I can dislike someone. Eric Bischoff, uh, Rosenberg, Paul, Phil, whatever his first name is. If, if he's doing something... I like if, Phil if, Rosenberg. I hate <laughs> Phil Rosenberg, if, if, too. If his, if his curly hair buddy that... Um, Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts. Oh. If he's doing something... That is unbearable. I, I, give, I give Ron that. That's unbearable. I can't watch him. Sam Roberts, I, I, I haven't uh, watched much on him. Rosenberg, I enjoy. And it's funny. I mean, he comes on the screen and... Pash, does it just get turned off? He, you can almost see like his blood. <laughs> so Eric Bischoff, he turns red like if he was drinking. Yeah. So, so this, this goes back. This goes back to throwback two months ago. Eric Bischoff being associated with WCW. WCW closed 16 years ago, and Pash still hates this man's guts. Yeah. Yeah, I get triggered by well, well, the sight of Eric Bischoff. At least he spells Eric right. I mean, that's what I appreciate. <laughs> well, I was saving this for when we got to that mm -hmm. to that segment, but I already knew Pash just rolled his eyes when Bischoff said he created the Limit, Cha Limit Chamber because he didn't because Triple H did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Correct. I was going to bring that up as well. Timely reference, Pash. Who wears yeah. a gi better, Eric Bischoff <laughs> or Donovan the Lowdown Lloyd? Donnie Jiu-Jitsu. Um... Yeah, I, the, when Eric Bischoff came down to the ring with the microphone, that was my pee break for <laughs> Survivor Series 2002. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good show. Like, I've been a big proponent of, like, moments. This was the last world title that Shawn Michaels would ever win, I believe. It is. Um, first Elimination Chamber match, it was a really great match. 
first and only singles title he won in his uh, second tenure. Yeah, and yeah, uh, there, there's a lot of things to really love about this pay per view. Um, but yeah, Eric Bischoff being on it is ju- it just kind of turned my stomach a little bit. But awesome show and an awesome selection. The kickoff match. Another another thing. To yeah. Off. <laughs> so, <clears throat> this time period. When Bischoff was involved in a storyline, you used to see him a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Did you, was he only seen in that promo, and that still ruins your rating? <laughs> if if they just showed him briefly backstage in the background, it would have been enough. Um, yeah, kick the the kickoff was the elimination tables match: Bubba, Spike, Fire. and Jeff Fire. Hardy against Three Minute Warning and Rico, Bubba in shorts. <laughs> Always a great look. Got those calves out. Um, interesting to see Bubba and Jeff Hardy working together uh, as their legendary um, rivals. I thought this match was a lot of fun to start the show. We get the Devon run-in, who was on the other show. Helps Bubba get the win in a like, basically a handicap situation. Thought it was a great kickoff. Prep, what did you think about this as the first, first match on the show? Boredom. He almost fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy. Listen, Jeff Hardy was so awesome. Like, <clears throat> this is why I love Jeff Hardy so much, and it was matches like this. And to see him just put his body on the line like that, and, like, I think he did, like, the when Bubba dropped down, like, if he was Matt and he jumped into everybody. A poetry motion. Yeah, but he, like, overshot <laughs> it. <laughs> I popped huge for that. Like, I, I just really like Jeff Hardy and... Three minute warning was so underrated. Too. Yes, Rico with yeah. the chops. Rico with the chops. <laughs> and Rosie Reigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he was the icing to, to that group. It's really sad to see that both of those guys eventually passed away, mm-hmm. but I'm I am glad that one of them actually got a push at oh, one yeah. point. So, but yeah, it was a great match. Mm-hmm. It was no um, too cool opening, <laughs> but there's only one too cool. Eck, your thoughts on this opener? So. I don't know. I like to think my, my best friend's going to run exactly with my statement, but then I remember the Dudleys were his uh, least favorite of those um, three major teams right. from that era. I remember as a kid popping for Devon running because <laughs> Devon was lost in no man's land as Deacon, Deacon Devon, and then he, he, comes, running, Deacon. Running, he comes running back down in, in the Dudley's shirt, and I popped as a kid. I remember that was awesome. Still, anytime I put that on, whether it's DVD or if I pop that on the network, Devon running down the ramp, helping in that um, handicap man's scenario, and they get the win. Great feel-good moment. Yeah. I loved it. Alo? Yeah, um, as a young kid, I, 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 those were my least favorite, but I still popped for that. Because at that time, Bubba was by himself. He, like Him and Spike came together, but Bubba had a, a little singles run when his um, brand split first started. Like, he was hardcore champion and stuff. And like we said, 3 Minute 1 was actually underrated, and they were really great. Um, Jamal, his Mago was fantastic. Mm-hmm. All three, the guys, three, three guys can go. Rico, so entertaining with the chops and being the, um, the fashion consultant or whatever yeah. he was. It was, it was so great. <laughs> Spike going out in typical Spike fashion, <laughs> yes. the, the hard way, and um, I love Jeff doing the swanton from the barricade on the awesome. what from the um, what is it? The not the barricade, the um, crowd? the yeah. crowd over the yeah. top, the tunnel, the or... yeah, whatever the tunnel, whatever, because that paid homage to the first tables match was yeah. at Royal Rumble two thousand, and growing up, like I always hated 
the alleyway ring for Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. but I kind of had a new appreciation for it because it kind of pays homage to the garden. Because growing up, I was, like, big on stages. Like, I would tune the Sunday Night Heat to, if I didn't order the paper, I would tune the Sunday Night Heat to see what the, the stage looked like. Because right. I was so big into the stage. Because WWE always did a great job with their stages. Now, it just pisses me off that they want to save money and then say, oh, well, we have the biggest earnings this quarter. And I'm like, yeah, but look at all the stuff you cut out. Yep. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, but I did over, overall enjoy the match. And the the Devon run in to bring to reunite the Dudley Boys was a great touch and a great way to start the show. Cause especially it was in New York, so we got the crowd hot to start. Yeah, it was a great start. I don't know if they could have started it much better. Uh, we cut to Stacey and, Keebler and, in and, Times Square. And you notice that <clears throat> in all the throwbacks we did most throughout the year, it's either too cool or a tables match yeah. that starts the show. Yeah, that's kind of the way you got to go <laughs> at that at that point in time. I don't know if you could have started the show any other way. Uh, Stacey Keebler in Times Square. Some generic <laughs> fake alt rock song from the early '90s. It sounded like every other fake, fake early 2000s alt rock song. Yeah, yeah. In my notes, how did you feel about Saliva? Because they were they were they weren't as big as Limp Biscuit in WWE's pocket, but they were close. Awful. That I was like, again, another stomach turning moment for me when that song started. I was like, oh, like this garbage. <laughs> Look, well, man, my thoughts. We'll get to that. Well, <laughs> I guess I listen to a lot of garbage in the gym then. Yeah, you <laughs> this, listen to this? I love this song. <laughs> I got I to gotta jump in right there. So I've stated it before where I believe that um, WWE's dropped the ball in recent memory with uh, the video packages. This time and day when this was coming out, if it wasn't playing on WWE, I specifically did not listen to rock, metal, uh, alternate rock. I was only listening to rap and hip hop. Yeah. So, if they had a good storyline going, they had a video package, they had a song going with it. It, it got me hooked. I love this song. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember. I remember last summer when I'm running. I, I downloaded this, bought this on my phone, and, and this was a go-to. And you know, jumping the gun, but the promo pack with this song, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I think it's fire. I mean, when you're saying it makes you cringe. Yeah. I, but when it comes to saliva. The only thing I know about them is, is that is, is this. This is what I know. So yeah, for me, as someone who grew up as like a teenager in the '90s, who was listening to like actual like grunge <laughs> music, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam, and Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots, this stuff to me was like, oh, this is just like the remnants. Like boy bands had kind of started <laughs> to come in, and Britney had come in, and Christina Aguilera had come in, and it was like this is like the crap that's left over from that (laughs) so having not grown up in the 90s i understand why it wouldn't have been like as revolting to you as it was to me um because like like eric said like anytime they had a new pay-per-view song it was always the most catchiest song in the world and like when i tell you i was legit drinking the juice yeah (laughs) i I I guess in i guess relation to that you know when you got People like uh, Flo Rider or Pitbull, who have like, that's the, just the horrible. Most generic song in the world. If when, when they put that on a WWE thing, I'm just like, are, are you kidding me? Yeah, that, well, that kills me too. I'm not gonna pretend I like any of that. So yeah, <laughs> uh, we had Jamie Noble with Nidia defending the cruiserweight champion against Billy Kidman. It was Billy Kidman's third crack at this title. Looking very much not like the Billy Kidman <laughs> I knew and loved. So Jamie Noble dressed up as Billy Kidman. Yes. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, Billy Kidman being portrayed magnificently by Maybe. Jamie Noble. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. 
what was his music this time? I know last time at Vengeance we reviewed, Billy Kimmel had different music. Now he had this music. This music doesn't suit him either at all. No. no, no honestly, nothing about his whole packaging <laughs> suited him. Pratt, your thoughts on this era of Billy Kidman? I didn't like it. Like The in-ring work was still really good, but... It's there's just something about Billy Kidman and cut off jean shorts and a beater. The yeah, like that. Like that's Billy Kidman to me, yeah. not this like short trunk wearing. Yeah, not like the prototype John Cena. Yeah, shorts. that's exactly what he looked like. I mean, I thought it was a good match, and it was a good match. And how good was Nydia? <laughs> yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a really good match. I enjoyed the match. It's just not. The Billy Kidman, not the way I want to remember Billy Kidman. And you know what? He's one of the first people I ever seen do shooting star press. Mm-hmm. Like, and I respect mm-hmm. him so much for it. Like, I always popped for it. But <coughs> just looking at the one back then to the ones now, yes. like, Jesus. Yeah, like, it's a there's, big difference. Yeah, big difference. Um, it was nice to see a cruiserweight match not involving Enzo Amore. <laughs> <laughs> So that is, you know what? Show, showstopper. Not, wait, wait, wait. Finally, you made the switch. I made the switch to the showstopper. But wait, there was no Drew Gulak, so that kind of hurt. True, <laughs> true. But I'm still going showstopper. I got a cruiserweight championship match without Enzo Amore. How could I give it anything and less? A better looking belt. Yes. Uh, you don't think? I hated that. What? I hated that the cruiserweight title back. Then, I hated that design. I didn't mind. But they had to change it because the other one had WCW yeah. plates on it. Yeah. Eck, your thoughts on this match? This match was entertaining. Uh, it, it is one of those things. I remember um, Kidman, I mean, when the invasion happened, it was like from WCW, the person everyone kind of gra- gravitated to naturally was yeah. Kidman. ECW side was Van Dam, And it was like, all right, the... You know the invasion's over, and that's when they kind of started tweaking him, and that's that's where they messed up. Um, like Prep said, shooting star press got a pop for that. Um, a title change, which I'm sure is something we're gonna get to, mm-hmm. but also him leaving through the crowd. I mean, it was an entertaining match, it was a great storyline. Which, again, storyline with a cruiserweight division, someone investing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Alo. Yeah, it was a great match. I didn't have many notes on this match, but I just love Billy Kidman in general because he was one of the guys, and, and my, when I started watching WCW, faithfully, it was when it was dying, but he was one of those guys I actually gravitated towards. Right. I don't, it was just something about him that I liked. I could, I never could get my finger on it, but it was just something about him. Like I really really liked this guy, and he was one of the most entertaining things on the, and on the latter half of WCW. Was that his first title in WWE? Um, No, because I believe... I think he came. I think he was cruiserweight champion in April of 2002. And he dropped it to to to, um, to Jerry, I believe. Okay. But I, th- I believe this was like a second run with the title in WWE. Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome to see him win the title. Like we reviewed a pay per view. He, ne- he never won the hardcore title. Right? No, he was on SmackDown. What pay per view did we review when he had another match with Jamie Noble? Yeah. Vengeance. Ven- okay. Same that year. Was, okay. In July. That was like four months prior. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had Angle backstage, <laughs> gold segment, just him <laughs> reacting. Did you see that? If Billy Kidman could win a, the Cruiserweight Championship, like, of course, we can win back his Cruiserweight Championship. Of course, we can win our tag team championships back. I love Kurt Angle. Obviously, I don't love the guy that he was with, <laughs> but that Angle wouldn't shake his hand. They said, no, tag team partners got a hug. Like That's the highlight of that <laughs> Brilliant segment. segment. Amigos. Yeah. <laughs> Bosom buddies. Yeah. <laughs> so good. 
Yeah, Kurt Angle, <laughs> I've said it every time he's come up on the show. I don't know if there's anyone who is quite as good at being so silly and comedic <laughs> and also so serious. Like, the complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, he was equally great at both. Like, had a great career outside of WWE without doing that stuff. Um, but obviously, I much prefer him actually doing that stuff. Awesome segment. Um, Prep, do you prefer the, like, serious athlete Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle? Or do you prefer the goofy, silly, slapstick comedy Kurt Angle? See, now that's hard to pick because I enjoy aspects of both. Like, mm-hmm. the wrestling machine was great. But, um, you know, we know him for the stuff. Like, we always go back to, and all these throwbacks we do together, we go back to when we went to the Hall of Fame, and he went through the greatest hits of all the funny segments that he did. Yeah, Sexy Kurt. Sexy Kurt, the the uh, milk truck, the wig. The little cowboy hat. Yep. So if we had, I mean, I guess if I had to pick, it'd probably be the silly Kurt. But then you respect him so much for his in-ring ability that you can't help but, you know, you have to kind of look at that too. Mm -hmm. You too, Ekinalo. Do you have a preference with I, an angle preference? I, prep started off perfect. Where it's, it's hard to pick. Um, unlike my best friend in prep, I um, I I can't necessarily uh, speak on the wrestling machine because I wasn't watching while that happened. Um, I channel back a lot to that invasion storyline. I mean, Kurt did some funny stuff then. You know, he he picked on Stephanie. He did stuff with Austin. He got to be funny, and he also got to be out there. He won multiple championships. He was in some big marquee matches, and he was a focal point on Team WWF. Right. So I, I want to say, I would say that era would be my favorite. If you could go over like from, you know, his rookie, rookie year to uh, winning his first world title to you know that oh one oh two, and then I enjoyed his stuff with Lesnar. But I, I guess I kind of lean more towards wherever he could be serious, also with joking. Yeah, because also I would think O2 we, we would say that that's what was going on I mean mm-hmm. you see he's fighting with his partner he obviously gets serious but then you still get that that <laughs> gold in his comical personality yeah, you do Alo yeah I'm gonna agree with my best friend because it's hard because I was watching during the, the wrestling machine era it, it didn't last long but it was great because he got I believe that whole quote unquote wrestling machine started after Wrestlemania 22 but we didn't get enough of it because he went to ECW and then Shortly after ECW started, after One Night Stand and the Avengers pay-per-view, he got released. Yeah. So we didn't get enough of that to go off of. And I don't remember anything really comedic out of his TNA stuff. Like I I watched TNA, but I don't remember it clearly to actually go off of that stuff. Everything I remember is basically more serious for, for Kurt Angle. But the thing I liked about Kurt was he could be silly. As, even the heel, he could be silly as hell. But when it came to business... He, that, he was all business. Yeah, he could still beat your ass. Yeah, like I know when 2001 he fought Austin Unforgiven. Like Angle was silly, being silly or whatever. But when his music hit and he, he came under the ring, he was all business. Yeah, even SummerSlam, all bu- mm-hmm. for all business. And that's what you want out of Kurt Angle. Like you could turn it on and off basically. That, but that's the selling point for me for Kurt Angle. That's what I prefer. Yeah, I. You know how much I love the silliness, so I'll always <laughs> take that. But. Yeah, I respect him for everything he's ever been able to do. Uh, Preps girl Victoria in the locker room having an absolute meltdown. 
talking why she, to the mirror. Why she had to do that to the Trish Sandy? I don't know. <laughs> I love the camera said F view. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Uh, we got Victoria against Trish. Trish defending the women's championship in a hardcore match. Trish's in-ring ability much better than the last time we saw her last month. That was my one note on that. <laughs> Whoa. What a turnaround from the last time we reviewed her. How much was that, two years? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. She came a long way in two years. Yeah, she was very good and looking very good. Yes. <laughs> but yes, uh, yes to both. Yes. Uh, Eck, your thought on the women's hardcore match? First off, I love the fact, I mean, this uh, overlooked period where you actually did get some, you know, hardcore elements, yeah. you know, than not just a, in a traditional match. Um, small detail, always, and again, this was a pay-per-view I've went back to over the past decade. I've probably watched this pay-per-view at least 20 times. Well, the smallest detail, when they go into the promo package, I love the spot where Victoria cracks, uh, cracks Trish with the chair, but she's holding it upside down. Yeah. That small little detail I remember from, you know, 15 years ago mm-hmm. when this originally happened, I was like, sheesh, that, that had to hurt. Yeah. And, I mean, it was just one of those things, you know, it's something, a little detail you don't see them do often, mm-hmm. and especially, you know, the, the women. Yeah. I always enjoy that. Yeah, it doesn't happen often. Halo? Yeah, um, the women, the women's revolution will be proud of this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But um, I thought they did a good job using the hardcore element because Victoria was the perfect person to have face Trish because Victoria basically wanted to destroy Trish because she basically being jealous of her the entire time. I thought the ending was a bit flat with the whole snap suplex thing, but I did like the fire extinguisher thing. But Victoria, I think, goes underrated because I know when we had Laugh over here a few months ago, he was saying how Charlotte was the best women's wrestler. I was like, it's it's not going to be fair. You can't, that'll be an argument you have to the end of time. Yeah, she has a huge advantage in that she has so many people to work with. Yeah, and then, that that sounds like a lot of last arguments, though. Yeah, what? That it's not fair. No, <laughs> that, 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 no, that that was my statement. That it wasn't fair because yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, you know, like you can compare Trish and Lita because you go argue those women because they got more most of the screen time. Just because they didn't wrestle, they were great on the mic. Lita as a heel, very underrated and forgotten because she was always that beloved baby face. Yeah. Trish can go either or and she got they got the screen time so you can compare them to Charlotte but Charlotte surpasses both of them in the ring. It's, it's all about your preference. But Victoria is Victoria the same way. She could do both as well. She wasn't the best face in the mm-hmm. world but she was really good at playing her role. I was going to say, who is crazier? Victoria or Alicia Fox? Ooh. <laughs> we will get up. We got to that. <laughs> My opinion, um, believable. I'm a, I gotta give it to Victoria because you bought into that. I mean, it's just one of those things. Victoria was around for a few years. They went to the crazy gimmick. It's believable. Obviously, you can get a push late in your career, but this whole Alicia thing. Every time it comes up, my best friend's famous words is, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah, I, not this week. No, no but. <laughs> Victoria, there there was actually a story there as to why she's crazy. It was like her craziness was about Trish Stratus. They had this prior relationship. She was blaming Trish for her not having been in WWE earlier. So Alicia Fox is there just kind of like, all right, go out there and do your thing. <laughs> like there's really not no real rhyme or reason to it for the most part. Um, I thought this was a good women's match. Like I said, Trish had come a long way from the last time we saw her. This is back in the day when it wasn't a kendo stick, it was a Singapore cane. <laughs> I miss those days. Um, was yeah. that a little weird to you that they had to go to the corners to pick out of the trash cans? Yeah. 
It was. Like, I always found it strange. It was strange. Um, but I did enjoy the match. I liked that Victoria had a busted nose mm-hmm. at one point. I remember I used to always think they did that to make it easier because they were women. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, not trying to... I just thought maybe that was a ring crew. Yeah. Like, well, this yeah. is 2001. Well, I definitely don't think you were like a... Uh, well, how long ago was this? 15 years ago? Yeah. And you're 20... I, I was 11. I don't think you were a sexist 11-year-old. No. <laughs> I, it, it didn't make, it didn't there'll make be, sense. There'll be a gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> it, exactly. It didn't make sense at the time, and I was like, well, why are they doing that? You know, I remember Trish, you know, she climbs up a couple ropes, reaches over, you know, digging in the trash can. It didn't make a lot of sense. But. Yeah. Uh, we had a backstage segment, Bischoff with Coach, um, talk hyping up the Elimination Chamber, Big Show comes in basically pissed that he has been traded and says he's going to walk away as the new champion. Cuts to Lesnar with Heyman. So good. Very Gold. good. So good. Heyman didn't want him fighting the Big Show, saying he hasn't been the same since his Hell in a Cell match with The Undertaker, which leads us directly into that WWE Championship match. I got to say, Heyman uh-huh. clutching a title for dear life sounded like a worried wife. Brock, you're not you're you're not ready. You got a broken ribs. You just came out of hell in a cell. You're coughing up blood for weeks. You can't take the big show. <laughs> so, and, and then the key word, the key thing that he said was, "I'll do everything in my power to guarantee my client leaves champion." <laughs> key words. To, yeah. To comment on that, I remember you know Aaron makes the the comment about this was like a a couple year gap where he was getting all the DVDs when they were coming out. I remember this, I actually watched this pay-per-view live in my cousin's, and obviously, you know, some stuff, like, you know, is, uh, you know, is scripted, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen. I actually believe, you know, Heyman's going to be in here with Brock for the long haul, and I remember months later, it comes out on DVD, you buy the DVD, I'm watching the DVD, and you see that part, and I'm like, oh my gosh, Heyman gives it away. <laughs> of course, you're not thinking that when it's actually happening. Right. And still, every time you go back, you see it. It's just almost like, it's like, oh man, I remember being 11 years old, sitting there watching this like, oh man, I, I remember that 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 slime ball. He, he, tur- <laughs> he turns on his guy he brought into it. But, you know, he did the little the little uh, subtle hint to, um, to, you know, turning on Lesnar. Yeah. Which has been one of... Again, because of my youth, it's a fond turn I always think of, and especially in a manager's role. And it's something I I hope for to this day that you know maybe we get to see Heyman reenact that one day. I would love to see that happen one day. I think that would be great. I think we've speculated that before that it might happen. We have. We have. Um, We all have at least once. But I just love that storyline of like him being such a weasel. They're like, yeah, Brock is my client, but I don't think he can win, so I'm just going to back the other guy. So my guy's still going to be the champion. I think it was great. What did you think of the match? Aaron makes a great point. Uh, best six-minute match ever because <laughs> I, when um, without rewatching it, I forget the length of the time. You don't you don't think about those details. Um, right. You you hate Goldberg so much, so mm-hmm. you think of you think of that. This was Big Show was a waste. He was buried. He wasn't doing anything for so many months. He gets. Um, traded to SmackDown. He gets this massive push. He's a monster. He's the first person to beat Brock Lesnar. Heyman turns on Lesnar. This is the first time Lesnar not only loses, he loses his first WWE Championship. There is a lot of moments to take from this match. So it's one of those things. If somebody asks me about 
Oh, what do you think about, you know, uh, Brock and Big Show? Oh, that actually, that actually was exciting. And it's one of those things, uh, two, three years ago, whenever Brock and Big Show used to get put in a, a segment or a mm-hmm. story together, you know, it's one of those things, and from a fan's perspective, WWE doesn't even play it up, but the first thing that always comes to my head is, Big Show's the first person to beat him. Yeah. I don't think, oh, Big Show, you know, he beat him in five minutes because Heyman screwed him and right. he used the chair three times. I look at it, Big Show's the first guy... He's the first guy to be. He was the guy who dethroned Brock Lesnar. And, and that that's what naturally just comes to my, my memory. So yeah. the match, I don't really have anything bad to say. Mm-hmm. Halo? I'll say this again. The best five-minute match ever, mm-hmm. literally. And I believe this is the time Big Show came back from the fat camp, or was it they sent him back to OVW, I believe, because this was... Yeah. Because after Vengeance, you didn't see him. I know he gained a lot of weight. I know we talked about mm-hmm. that before. So this, He was massive. Yeah, and you could tell that he was massive here, too, because... Um, Heyman's face when Brock hit the F5. Yeah. <laughs> like you always say, Heyman is always acting, mm-hmm. and he, it was a clear shot when Brock had him up on the F5, and the camera was like directly in Heyman's face. You could see him as he, Brock had him up and delivering the F5. He could not believe it. And the whole singlet with the jeans thing was, <laughs> it was so bad. And, and I, I know people say that the big show looks like you, but I hope you never <laughs> dawned that whole. Buzz cut with the, with the with that kind of mustache. No, no. no. Alo, you're safe. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No I, need. I, don't worry about that. Yeah, good. I'm like, I'm glad. Don't ever shave like that. Don't. I don't ever want to see you garner that look ever. It was so bad. You have my word right here, right now, uh, and, that and, I will never look like that. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, and this actually was like, kind of the start of. The story that led to him to Lesnar and Angle mm-hmm. at that next WrestleMania with the Shooting Star Press. So this was like, you might not realize it at the time, but Brock had like the catapult to start that led to him beating The Rock. Then he held the title for a couple months, loses it to The Big Show, and then he gets catapulted to WrestleMania, mm-hmm. which that match is obviously very memorable in some cases for the wrong reason because <laughs> he almost broke his neck, but. Big things were in store for him, even though he had just lost his title. How well, long was was Heyman aligned with the Big Show? Well, I know Heyman wasn't there for WrestleMania. I wouldn't believe so. Heyman won with Big Show after this, and Big Show dropped the title at Angle next the next month at Armageddon, and he was in. Remember in the video package, Big Show took out the Undertaker, so he would face the Undertaker mm-hmm. at No Way Out. In February of '03, and no, and no way out. And I know Heyman wasn't there. And I believe, I'm, I don't think Heyman was around after that. I know he came back to be general manager, but yeah, he came back. I believe he came back around October, November to become general manager. I'm almost positive because I don't recall him being around in 2003 in that middle part. Okay. Did it, when did he manage Angle? I think he was a part of bringing Team Angle to get. Team Angle together, I think. I'm, I think that was the bar. I, yeah, he intro- He brought in Team Angle, I believe. So that was in that same time period. But Stephanie was still a GM. But he did introduce him Team Angle, I believe. Uh, we had Al and Dawn Marie <laughs> in the crowd. Uh, engaged Look, at Look at Al. Look at Al. That led to uh, Los Guerreros. Facing off against Angle and Benoit and Edge and Rey Mysterio, who I forgot were the tag team champs. Um, 
in a triple threat elimination match. Benoit and Angle could not coexist and got eliminated first. Uh, I loved just right at the start the Guerreros like just jumping out of the ring. That did not start the match. I thought it was a good touch. Um, I'll let you guys analyze this match. Like this match actually made me think of. This was at, I talk a lot about like 2007ish, 8ish is when I kind of fell off of WWE. This was kind of like this where that started because having so much hatred built up for WCW and Nitro and Eric Bischoff and, then Eric Bischoff and all these and people and now all of a sudden all these people that I hated for all those all those years are now part of of the show and now it's not even WWF anymore it's WWE I had like a really hard time with the transition to WWE I was I hated it Get the f out Yeah <laughs> I hated it So this was kind of like the beginning stages of me starting to lose a little bit of interest and it's kind of like Ray Didinger, Hall of Fame NFL writer, talks about he grew up in Philadelphia, grew up an Eagles fan in the 1960s and 70s and 80s, started covering the team, I believe, in the 80s. And people would ask him sometimes, like, is it hard for you to cover the team, like, being a fan? And he says when they changed their uniforms from Kelly Green to Midnight Green in the 90s, it wasn't my team anymore. So I, didn't look, I wasn't a fan anymore. It was, like, no longer my team. They don't look the same. They're not my team. I think this is when WWF <laughs> just stopped being WWF to me. And it took, like, a few years, but, like, I slowly started to just, like, lose interest. Because I was like, this is not, like, this isn't my thing anymore. Um, the, and the only person, I think, like, Jericho obviously came before. And I like Jericho and WCW. I really feel like the only person that avoided my wrath for WCW was Eddie Guerrero. And that should tell you everything you need to know about how great Eddie Guerrero is. Because he's the only guy that I, like, just got over it. Like, I, I love him. I hate, I, hate, I hate all the rest of you. It was like that scene in... Uh, well, and Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman, eh. He was a, I liked him way better in WCW than I did in WWE. Oh, okay. But it was like the scene in... Uh, what's the Dave Chappelle movie? Um, Half-Baked? Half-Baked. When the dude gets fired from the fast food place, he's like, F you, F you, you're cool. Like that, Eddie Guerrero was the one, you're cool. Uh, but by all means, go ahead and discuss this match. Uh, prior to match, am I the only one that got annoyed with Rey Mysterio having that random entrance and like random spots? I remember as a kid, like, that, like it was cool. I liked it when it was like one of the regular stages, but I'm like, Aaron getting into it earlier, like, I used to always be confused. Like, why was it just Madison Square Garden that had this small right. thing? And again, looking back, that's great. Which mm -hmm. they would, you know, maybe give us a live event there that we actually get on the network so we could see that. Yeah. But I don't know. That that's like the one thing that kind of like cheeses me out. Like every time I watch this match, I'm just like, why? Why does he come over there? Yeah. Well, his entrance was to pop up, and that's the only yeah. place they could do that because that's what he set all their fireworks up at. I understand. To me, I, and I know that was part of his pop, like on SmackDown or whatever. Thought it was alright. Just like the random spot. I just feel like if they have a different stage for that night, walk out like a normal person. I don't know. Bother me. Yeah. Alo. I got a nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed. To, you're allowed to nitpick every now and again. I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> but um, this match was awesome. It wasn't the best match out of the series of these guys, but this was basically the culmination of the SmackDown Six that I always talk about because. Indeed, you don't. Yeah, but because <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick No Mercy. Oh, two because I knew Eric was going to pick this. 
<laughs> so that's why I didn't pick. I, that's why I didn't pick it. But that that match from No Mercy, that's in my te- top ten matches of all time, and that's my favorite plain tag team match of all really? time. Because that match is fantastic. <laughs> but um, it's basically basically these guys, these six guys, kill each other to put SmackDown on the map because SmackDown was always looked at was always looked at the B show. Yeah. And this essentially started at SummerSlam with Ray and um Ray and Kurt in the opener, and then next month on Unforgiven, which we reviewed last year. That's also available iTunes, Poppy, and Stitcher. <laughs> we reviewed that, and these six guys, they all fought each other in singles competition. Ray fought Chavo on Heat. Eddie, yeah, Ray fought Chavo on Heat. Eddie fought Edge on the pay-per-view. Angle fought Benoit. And then the follow-up was the Tag Team Championship match. And these guys, like, they killed themselves constantly just to get recognized, and they basically carried SmackDown and made SmackDown what it was. Even the two out of three falls match that Edge and Mysterio won the titles. That was a great match, too. And I like how Chavo did the classic Guerrero shenanigans by yeah. throwing the belt. But no heat with Chavo. Right. He, he was nice to my best friend. <laughs> I, I, icon. So no heat with Chavo. I'll call him Chavo. Mm-hmm. But I love that. I love that throwing the belt in Angle's hand. So Benoit thought Angle actually hit yeah. him and stuff. And then I like the ending too. The belt was a little bit redundant. The belt was an object in this match, and it was a turning point for the, basically the whole thing. And I like Chavo hitting. Ray with the belt and Eddie hits the um, last from El Paso and, and Ray taps and all six of these guys they got their shine because all three teams held the title within a month time span so everybody got their shine for what they did to help make SmackDown what it was at that time yeah it wasn't like any team was like the the team out yeah and then the thing is the other Angle Benoit Edge and Mysterio they would make shift tag teams but basically the whole tournament was it was horrible I think. So you, you, I think um, Devon and Farouk were tag teamers. Oh, wow. It was a terrible bracket. <laughs> but you know th- those guys were the makeshift tag teams, and it's, it was good that Eddie and Chavo were the last ones to get it because they were actually going and they actually had longevity as being the tag team. Yeah. Uh, we had a Christopher Nowinski promo <laughs> on New York City, how they're just street smart but not intelligent. We had Matt Hardy version one say, they're not dumb, they're just losers. <laughs> Uh, and they're sucking all the matitude out of them, <laughs> which was great. And then that is followed by Big Papa Pump, Big Booty Daddy coming out, and I hated him. <laughs> I, I was about to say, I, your wrath in WCW. I was expecting yeah. when you get to this. Hated I, him. I wanted the truth. I'll, I'll, I'll at least give him some credit. Like the crowd loved it. Like the crowd went nuts for it. Yeah, because the crowd was that's still that whole attitude ever crowd before they started fading out. So they know, like, if Scott Steiner came out now, I, I don't think he'll get any reaction from a WWE crowd. But that was still that attitude ever crowd. The, the remains of that attitude ever crowd. So they know who he was. Yeah, like they loved it. And at that time, anytime someone was making a debut, they popped. Yeah. Yeah. And and like I said, like drinking the juice, I popped too because I I did like Scott Steiner. Yeah, I will tell you one person in 2002 who did not pop for that, <laughs> and that was me. Uh, Prep, your thoughts on Scott Steiner showing up? I came back at the right time. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I love Scott Steiner. <laughs> like, at this time, like, I know he sucked. Before he wrestled, I, lo- I loved it. I love the... All, all kidding aside, he did suck. He but. did. He definitely did suck. But his character was good. Um, he was like you look at him and you're like, that is a pro wrestler. Like that's a character, and he was funny. <laughs> like I don't I don't know what else to say about him. Like 
he had everything going except for his in ring. <laughs> yeah, because and he didn't know how to shut up. Like he would always say the most off the wall stuff, yeah. but I dug yeah. it. Because I recently posted the um the whole Scott Steiner Stephanie thing on the Instagram mm-hmm. page. Still holds up so good. <laughs> like Stephanie tried to sign him. She's like, I, we'll talk about that signing bonus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have done without. Big Papa Pump. And the music. Oh, yeah. You, you, the music? You anytime I hear a siren, I just <laughs> say holla if you hear <laughs> Yeah, I, I, was, I was out on all of it. Yeah, but like Prep said, he couldn't move. I know Laugh likes, likes to throw that. Oh, well, because he knows I, we all know I love Triple H. He's yeah. like, you well, do? well and, and, this is, and this is Laugh. Well, wh- what about H's matches with Steiner? <laughs> <laughs> Who could have a good match with Scott Steiner in 2003? The guy couldn't move. Yeah. Wait, and we've been talking about nicknames lately. What's a better nickname than the Big Bad Booty Daddy? <laughs> exactly. Freakzilla. Freakzilla. The, the genetic freak. What, what's the be- best nicknames? Mm, not going to win me over. <laughs> it, it just can't happen. Did you like the dog face gremlin? No. When did he make his exit? Who? Steiner, he only he only lasted a year. I'm taking him back. Yeah, he couldn't move because they put him with Triple H. And then he had his test testicles. Thing yeah, he yeah he sta- he feuded with Tess over Stacy in the summer of '03, and then they feuded after as a team, or they feuded. They didn't last team. long as a team. They only last like two months as a team. Then he started feuding over Stacy because Tess and Stacy were a thing, and um, Tess got jealous of. Um, Steiner and Stacy. So he was, they basically fought over her for the summer. Then Tess beat him on Unforgiven 03. And then he had to be, Steiner had to be Tess's servant. And then Stacy cost them the world tag team titles. And that's when Steiner turned heel. They had the titles or a chance at them? They had a title shot. And St- Stacy cost, the t- cost them the titles. And Scott turned on her. And that was basically, and then I think he fought on Bischoff's Survivor Series team. And I believe he did. He was in a tag team turmoil at Armageddon that year. But after that, Steiner was done. Hmm. He just got his whole year mapped out yeah. right there. Yeah. He was done and not a moment yeah. too soon. Yeah, because it, 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 it was bad. Uh, my girl Terry Runnels with HBK <laughs> in the back. Can't wait to see her icon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, HB, HBK's hair as bad as advertised <laughs> on our show last oh week. Oh, my God. How bad is that? So bad. Uh, we had RNN breaking news with baby Randy. <laughs> So bad. Talk about hair, dude. Time out. You're he, talking about bad hair. That hair was, was so bad. The hair was bad, and his acting was like it was so. Well, he was, was like he was a child actor on like a bad Nickelodeon <laughs> show. Like that's what it came across as to me. It was awful. Oh god, it was so bad. <laughs> but it, it, it entertaining, at least. Like in hindsight, watching it, it was so bad. It at least made me laugh. Like, it oh, did look too. At, like... Look at baby Randy. <laughs> Like so, like th- thanks to Su- Chris Christie who gave me the extra pillow. I was like, That's so <laughs> yeah, it was bringing the wink. Yeah, like this is it so took bad. like way too long to execute. Uh, we had the Bischoff Elimination Chamber vignette, and then Triple H with Coach. Yeah, with Coach and Flair. Uh, he had been deemed the world champion. I love that that he was deemed the champion in September. Uh, I loved how much they played that up that he didn't win it, uh, but he'd beaten everyone since. And my big takeaway from this is just how much does Triple H love the phrase, this business. <laughs> he almost does not have a promo without saying this business. He says it in every promo. That's like when I did my uh, famous Triple H face swap on Snapchat. That was half of the promo I cut was this business. So that, then Eric Bischoff obviously comes out and cuts that 
horrendous promo. <laughs> if you guys have anything good to wait, say wait, about wait, it, sorry, you hate it. Lying to yeah. the public. Uh, I'll, yeah. t- I'll tell you what. My, my favorite thing, I love his exit. I'm going to hell. Who's coming with me? <laughs> I enjoyed it. And he was a good heel at that point. Pass, you can say it's good. It's okay. No, it, it wasn't. I would say it was good if it was. This is stick. Stick. It's stick. not. It's not. How like, you say it? Stick. I, I think the next time we watch an old pay-per-view with these guys on it, I feel like you guys should now have to watch it with me. So you see how genuine <laughs> that the disdain is. Well, we did see him in person. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't go anywhere near him. I know. They I would no say desire. hi. He could offer me a free autograph, and I would have sent him on his way. I would have sent him to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone could have gone with him. Um, I'm just wondering the hater on Triple H's promo at this point. No, I'm not hating on Triple H. I have no hatred for <laughs> Triple H. Uh, I just think it's funny how often he uses the phrase, this business. And that's one of the things they're not allowed to say anymore. They're not allowed to say this business. They're not allowed to call it a business or the industry. Because he called it, he said it enough. Yeah, although he still is allowed to say it. He can do whatever he wants. He can. He too sweets people what he wants. Yes, but that leads us to the main event, the first ever Elimination Chamber match. Chris Jericho, Booker T, Kane, HBK, RVD, and the champion, Triple H. Triple, I'm glad HBK won his last title with the worst look of his career. <laughs> the hair, the brown tights. The brown. The cowboy boots. Oh there was nothing about that that looked good. It was the worst look of his entire career, and that immortalized as his it last even championship. It was brown and green. Oh my god, so yeah. bad. Was it, it was, brown and green? It was blue. Blue. Yeah, it was blue, brown blue. and blue. blue. Yeah, because he was always iconic for his attires, but mm-hmm. that was so bad. Except that one. Yes. And I the think hair. the, the I little black shorts <laughs> would have been better. I would, love, I would love that as an elite figure, by the way. <laughs> What the 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 the, 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 the ban- banana smuggling shorts? Yeah, the, the Triple H's shirt. favorite shorts. I wanted defining moments with this terrible brown, <laughs> just because I'm so high in the event. I mean, he may look bad, yeah, but yeah, and the, I the mean, little twelve-year-old uh, girl bob haircut. <laughs> listen, the real the, soccer mom. Yeah, <laughs> Mattel's listening to this. Anyone from ringside making hats. Listen, this is great for like a San Diego Comic Con <laughs> exclusive, right? <laughs> I think it is. Uh, yeah, the, almost the San Diego Padres colors. So why not? Yep. Yeah. Uh, brown. Was it brown enough? I don't know. It, I don't I'll know. buy at least. It, so. You know what? It is definitely brown enough. <laughs> it, the hair killed me though. The hair was the worst. Yeah. Not only were they brown enough, prep. They were too brown. They were way too brown. They were the, awful. The tights were actually worse than the hair. The, I. Ah, not so close. It's real close. It is a photo finish <laughs> on what was worse. No, the boots were the worst. I didn't pay attention to the boots. Also. Because they're into the hair and the tights. They were probably like the same boots he wore in the street fight from SummerSlam, right? <laughs> probably. Probably. Who knows? Um, but aside uh, right. from Triple H or HBK's look, Prep, what were your thoughts on the main event? When Chris Jericho came out, I was so upset. <laughs> With saliva? Remember? Yeah. Oh, my God. The music. I was like, what is this? No, I forgot that Saliva um, played his forcible entry song at the world to the ring. I was like, what is this? He's like, oh, okay, I remember now. That was really bad. Uh, on a good note, though, Booker T is great. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed him, like in ring in this match. Um, Triple H's role as trying to mimic classic world champions. Like, as soon as he gets into the ring, he starts bleeding. Busted wide open. Busted <laughs> wide open immediately. How many times did he do the Harley race knee in this match? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! But that was, <laughs> and RVD's great. Arch. 
seeing RVD interact with all these like top guy. I mean, RVD is a top guy in our eyes, and in most people's eyes, he should be. But like seeing him interact with all these guys, it was great. He, he shined. So he yeah, shined in this match for sure. At this point, he was. You know, this was the. He was the only one in the match not to win a world title. Yeah, I guess so. At that time. Yeah. No, I thought they let him do a lot of cool stuff in this match. My complaint with him is I hate that he basically eliminates himself. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot about that. That that's that's what, I, again one of those things. This match comes in my head. That's like the first thing. One of, one of the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah, like him catching on to the cage, and then doing the crossbody off. Obviously, the frog splash off of the top of the pod or whatever it's called. He eliminated himself with that, but yeah, he shined in this match. I think it's always great going back and seeing how much respect they actually gave him. Like, he was in a prominent position a lot. He may not have had a huge title reign, or he was never truly, like, the top guy or anything like that, but they definitely, I feel like, always had him, like, in the mix. Mm -hmm. Like, he was always up there in the conversation, which I think is big for a guy who was, like, not their guy. So, Eck? I don't feel like they they did really give him that too much of a shot. I feel like he's like that era's Kofi Kingston. Like now it's like you look at the early stages they were still doing it with the New Day. Let's have money in the back match. Oh, pull Kofi from pull Kofi from a tag yeah. match. You know, we'll get a spot for him. I feel like he was always like in prominent matches. Like I said, he was never like the guy, mm-hmm. but he wasn't like buried either. Yeah. Like they they had him Around the top, and, and I always, th- whenever you think of that uh, oval design for the Intercontinental Championship, he always comes to mind. For me. I feel like he's he's got to be if he's not number one, he's got to be like the top three people to hold that belt. Him yeah. and Jericho, and who else would you say? Him, Jericho. As much as I didn't watch um, towards the latter part of his reign with it, I would think Orton. Orton only had it one time. I would but, think Ken Shamrock, but only because like when you see Ken Shamrock, you see him with that title. Yeah. I, uh, I I don't know. I've seen a lot of places where they say Orton was the last good person to. Yeah, because he had it for like eight months. Like, so. He had it, and um, it's like Jericho. I I can't give you Orton because especially with Orton's entrance, it was so great because he had the evolution music, he had the fireworks in the background, and I'll say Edge because Edge had it around I think five times I believe, and Ronald hate this Chris Benoit. <laughs> hey, uh, or Jeff Hardy. You know what I'd say? He had it a lot late. Mm-hmm. What? But again, it's probably just because of the birth. It's one of those things I think is overlooked when I think of that belt. Also, I think of the Rock, Hunter, and the Rock. Yeah. Yep, I think of both of them. But yeah. that would be like my close, like yeah. third and fourth. Yeah, if, if I needed to wrap, if it needed to be a Rushmore for that belt, I'd have to squeeze. Was the Rock? Well, yeah. I think the Rock was the first one to get that belt. I believe, but he with did, the block yeah. logo, with but, the block yeah. logo in the middle. Yeah, because Triple H had, had it, but he that, he only had that version one time because he got rid of he had the he got hurt after that ladder mm-hmm. match, so he only had that belt one time. So he only had. No, oh, I'm sorry. He had it three times actually. I'm sorry. Yeah, because he had it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but he was right. But I'm thinking about the early Triple H, yeah, so I got confused. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're human. Yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, Ayla, your thoughts on this main event? Loved it. <laughs> Everything except for the shorts and the hair, and now prep points to the, the boots. I gotta watch that over again. But yeah, I thought RVD shined this match too. Like I just, you guys have talked about how they kind of just threw him in there. Like okay, you kind of like the Kofi Kingston. Well, at that time you. Time. Like, okay, everybody loves you, so you can go out there and do all your stuff. But he was booked properly, I, I, I would think. He always had his big moments and his bigger wins, but never amounted to like championship wins or right. whatever. But 
the match was great. I like the fact that it took everything to take Kane out. Mm-hmm. This is when Kane it took was three finishers. Yeah, it, they, it, it, this was when Kane was should have been like this. Yes, <laughs> now, this kind of like Kane, the Kane of 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the yeah. unstoppable force. Yeah, that he is. Fifteen now. years later. Yeah. Yikes. But um. And Earl Hebner, I don't have anything bad to say, but <laughs> other than the fact that he just looked more out of place than usual here. <laughs> this, yo, this was my one complaint. This is the one time I'll ever complain about Earl Hebner. Chris Jericho could have won this match yep. if it wasn't for him being yep. out of yeah. place. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was one point where Jericho had, Jericho had, I think, I think it was Michael's beat, and Earl Hebner went outside the ring. <laughs> And then Jericho covered him. And then he went back, and I was like, Kurt Earl, stop it. <laughs> Did you see him after they, like, kind of, like, glance at him? And you can tell, like, he's, like, frustrated. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. It's like, he's, like, he doesn't know what to do. Like, he's talking to Triple H on the floor. I'm like, what is he? What is this guy doing? <laughs> I'll ask him that at Icon. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and like you said, the heartfelt moment with Shawn Michaels winning the match. It was a great moment because... Basically, even at um, SummerSlam when they had the unsanctioned, the non-sanctioned match, that that match was great, and it was a perfect ending to get revenge on Triple H. And he actually pulled it out of nowhere because yeah. the internet wasn't big around then. So I really, I'm like, when I watch throwbacks, I'm, I get interested to see what Instagram and Twitter would say at times like this. Yeah. Because I really want want to know what people's thoughts were and like the betting odds and stuff like that. Because like, would you actually seen this coming or not? Because I I didn't see this coming at all. Like even when he beat Triple H at SummerSlam, I didn't see that coming. It's- I I felt like that mm-hmm. at the time. I mean, I was obviously older than you, and that's I didn't think he was going to win that match. Mm-hmm. I didn't think he was going to win that title. Um, well, he only had it for a month. Yeah. He dropped it to Triple H and, um, in the two out of three, well, three mm-hmm. stages of hell, two out of three falls match, whatever you want to call Arguably, it. Well, stip-wise, one of my favorite <laughs> two out of threes. Well. Yeah, because there wasn't many of them, but I wish they did those more often because it actually like adds a lot to the whole to the whole stipulation. But it was a great moment, and I wish he had at least one more title, more title reigns because – He's on note for saying that he didn't want the title. They tried to give him the title. He said, no, I didn't want it because I don't need it. What, yeah. what do I need it for? Right. Um, Let's just be happy he never got the spinner ball. Yes. Yeah, I am happy for that. I was rooting for him in that match, though, against Cena. <laughs> at Mania. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I would have been, too, but it was one of those things. I remember, like, starting to watch the product again, and I'm like, huh, let's see what Michaels was doing. Oh, geez, did he have that horrendous thing? <laughs> oh, thank God he didn't. <laughs> Yeah, I thought they made great use of, like, the sound effects you get with this. Like, guys' heels slamming down on the steel on the outside or using the cage or getting thrown into the, the quote-unquote bulletproof glass. I thought they did a good job of, like, making the structure itself seem like... <laughs> structure. Yeah, seem <laughs> awful. Um, I love the, the finish with HBK hitting the elbow drop off the top of the pod getting blocked on the sweet chin music, taking a pedigree, kicking out, then ultimately getting the sweet chin music for the victory anyway. I thought it was a great finish to the match. The ideal, like, I feel like, the, you know, since this total run, total run was uh, short, it's almost like a overlook. It's almost something that's forgotten about his career. And, and just like Aaron said, it was one of those things, like I said earlier, I, I knew it was a work, but it was one of those things you don't know which way you're, you're, they're going to go, and especially when I'm 11. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I mean, you know, that was my older brother's guy. I was a fan of him. He, you know, got me into him when he was a commissioner. I was a big fan of him. I always hoped, oh, I hope he comes back. I hope he comes back. He comes back. He beats Triple H. I was like, all right, I guess that's the end of it. Boom, he has another match. 
and he wins the world title. And I mean, when Triple H, you know, when he first hit that pattern, I'm like, oh, you were you were close. My guy was close. Yeah. And then he kicked out and he won. It was, you know, it was, in my eyes, it's one of the most like whenever I see uh, confetti when they do like a championship, like <laughs> whether he's it's either when someone wins a championship or it's a championship celebration. I naturally always think back to that. I think of a bloody HBK uh, in the chamber with the big gold. Yeah. And doo-doo tights. Yeah, and my last thought on this, JR yeah, sold th- there this. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Like, that, that's what I wanted to say. on the last day of the month. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yes! 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 Yeah, that's I did it. it. It's like a hat trick. Yeah, that JR sold it like yeah. to fly on the last day of the month at Scott Honda. Like that's how much he sold it. Yeah, and they did a great job for it to be in the first match, elementary match. They kept saying it over and over again. We don't know what to expect, but they called it great. And like you said, JR celebrating when Michaels went and saying he couldn't believe it. Like anytime he sells a moment, JR really, really does make it. What's make it more even more special. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, any last thoughts before we wrap it up? Well, I will just say, Ron, I'm very proud of you for uh, coming around and yeah. readjusting <laughs> your uh, rating. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. He that. actually sold some bonds. 75% of mm-hmm. a showstopper. Yeah. Yeah, and he'll, he'll text Prep to change his mind tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Prep, any last thoughts? You know, reviewing this show with you guys was a lot of fun. <laughs> I enjoyed this show a lot. Do you give this show a showstopper? I give Throwback a showstopper every month. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, I guess that's it. Alo, any last thought? Do we have a pick from Joey or what, when he I don't returns? Have, I don't have a pick from Joey yet, so we'll get his on the show. Cliffhanger. Yeah, it's the new trend that you, that yeah, you said. The, the, Technical the, There is something I would love for him to pick because mm-hmm. we were cheated out of it a few weeks ago, but I digress. <laughs> well, yes, we will find out in a few days what December's throwback madness is. So, for... Eck to Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Preptagon Jr., Josh Prepiguina. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next month. Hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist the Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my ball. Shut the Michigan man, it ain't safe to land. Off the cell, fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.